pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Hello, howdy, greetings. Welcome back to your Kinetically Podcast for Manifesting Your Abundant Life. I'm so glad to have you back with us today. I'm Stephen Canyon, and if you would like to receive an occasional encouraging text message from me, text the word KINETIC to 844-844-0049. StephenCanyon.com is the website. Follow us on Instagram at Stephen Canyon. Also, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes. And uh, the video also is now available on our website for these podcasts. Hello, Maggie. (laughs) Hello, Stephen. How are you today? Fantastic. I'm focused. I'm energized. I'm feeling great today. Good work on the art. And uh, I know I say it every day, but... uh, (laughs) We, we do. I can't hear it enough. It seems like we pause for just a minute. And I can say a few things to you that's not um, related to other stuff that seems convenient for the podcast. Does that make sense? No. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> what's your favorite place on the earth? <laughs> it has to be right there across from smooth, me, right? Smooth segue. Yes, actually it is. Yeah. It's the, the bubble of the present moment that you and I seem to just How carry, could it not be? carry around with us. What is your favorite place on this entire? Do you have? Could you? you if know, you I've, actually thought about it, oddly enough, I I have thought about this question quite a bit, and I think there always has to be, you know, the yin and the yang. So it can't just be one. There has to be the uh, balancing mm. act of something else. I, 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 there's no. There's just no way that I could stay in one place and 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 be okay with so be- the one place because of the bad place you like the good place or no the, because the of dark, the snowy the, place i like the warm place uh, because yeah, of the it. you know yeah. whatever so Contrast. the ocean the mountains the yeah a variety i think i think that's kind of built into us maybe, right you know i'm not going to let you move on so okay with all the contrast with all the the cold and the warm and the, the flowers <laughs> and the fields and what would be your favorite place is it is it the snow when you're in the snow or is it the um, the warmth? Well, you know, I think I would have to go purely off the energy of a place, and that would make me choose Jackson, Jackson, Wyoming. Okay, I I get that. We yeah. were married there. We we good energy, right? We were. Yeah, <laughs> we are. We yeah, were. <laughs> beautiful place too. And for those of you that don't know, Jackson Hole, Wyoming is right there. It's adjacent to Yellowstone and. The Grand and, Tetons and, and and all that stuff. And to be more specific, probably I would say Antelope Flats mm. at the base of the Tetons, because Jackson is is a little different, isn't it? It's the town. Maybe even more specific, it could <laughs> could it be maybe the second week of June of each year? That's true. You can attach a maybe. time to this. I didn't realize because that. because then okay. it's in full bloom. The, mm. the the prairie. Well, and there really is. I mean, and I don't. I don't know if it's the same in winter because we haven't spent that much time there in winter, but the the energetics coming off of the of the Tetons is so real and it's so overwhelming and it's so overpowering, it makes you forget about anything negative even existing in the world and just grounds you and centers you. And so that's that's reason enough. Now you say, I think right? it's important that you're digging into those reasonings far more important than the place because that tells you so much about what to seek out in life, yes. regardless of who you are. Mm, a great mm. question for all you KBs today is, what is your favorite place on the earth? And even think about it and then identify it. But then take it a little further and determine why is it that that's what makes that your favorite place? Yes. Is it the energetics? Is it the time of year? 
Maybe it's who you're with or not with. Mm. And anyway. Okay, well, now hang on a second. Important. So we can yeah. we can overlay a conversation we had yesterday with this. So we were I was I was telling you that anytime I've painted something outside I remember that day so clearly, way more clearly than than usual. And so it makes me wonder if, you know, when something sort of forces you to pause and notice if that that creates the energy as well. So could it be that perhaps your favorite place is the space that you were occupying when you were that made it ah, your favorite place? Full circle. Because then you know you can carry your space with you. Yes. You can, just like you just did with that um, Antelope Flats in Jackson. You just brought it into the moment. You remembered some of your the colors and the flowers and the, yes. the time of year. Okay, turning it back on you, Steve. Favorite place? Go. Uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. No. So you can't have mine. But you just sold me on it. <laughs> I sold you on it. It was different I, five minutes I agree. ago. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> Ditto. No, oh I, man, I think I think you kind of nailed it, and it yeah. just depends on where you are when you can get into that present tense imagination mm. of all things being as they should be, and yes. while paying attention to what is beautiful, mm. what makes something attractive, what makes something special, and it could be just. Letting your eyes follow the outline of a bloom or or noticing the water as it swirls over a rock in the creek or a river. Yes. And losing yourself in that can make it a favorite place in that space that you're occupying at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. That's something, too, that I always find I have to give myself permission to do. I really have to take take that moment and pause and and allow that to happen in in those moments because it doesn't it's not natural all the time. Um, now, I have to say, though, in these settings, when you're in the Rockies, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, I mean, you sort of can't help it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> when you're overwhelmed. So I think we all have places like that. And I think it's also a yeah. healthy exercise to take a moment and just ponder. Go into your hookah space and think about what is it? Maybe maybe a picture book would be a great idea or photographs. Pull them up from your favorite place of the time you were there and just allow yourself to mm. imagine to immerse yourself back into that space. Yes, that's what life is all about, isn't it? Mm. It really is. Speaking of beautiful places, I've yet to go to New Zealand. I want to go. And uh, we're going. We were actually on our way right before the pandemic and so... I mean, what do you need to say about that? We couldn't. <laughs> no explanation we, needed. Weren't allowed to go. Yeah. So, uh, but we hope to one of these days. And we have some cabies there. And it just heard from Al. Hey, Hello, Al. Al. He's uh, one of our uh, big time cabies in New Zealand, uh, riding, zooming around on his e-bike. And he sent us some photographs of that. <laughs> and and uh, life, he says, is splendid. But he did have one question and asked us to share an answer. So the question from Al was, he said that he was just wondering what having or actually developing a good, healthy relationship with ego, uh, with super ego might look like. Mm. And, you know, I think it's a, a valid question, a really good question, because yes. we do spend, Maggie, a lot of time on the podcast talking about ego teaching uh, to, to recognize the ego so that we can separate ourselves from its control, mm. from identifying with negative things. Why is that important? Because what you identify with becomes you. That is a universal law of attraction. That is how kinetic belief works. That's how faith works. That's how a quantum entanglement works. That's the way the universe works, is bias, observation. What you believe, what you identify with becomes you. It, it 
dictates the kind of environment and circumstance that you're going to be uh, immersed within. And so we do spend a lot of time uh, working on the identification structure of the mental gymnastics of life. And how, and I think it also points to how so many people got into the mess that they're in to begin with. And so you take responsibility and recognize that, okay, it is vital that I determine what I'm going to identify with. Because one of the most basic mind structures through which the ego comes into existence is through identification. The ego is just another word for the believer. Or the part of you that was uh, created to believe. It's your the mechanism or the tool that we use for believing. Adhering to and relying on what you identify with causes that to become you, to uh, dictate the kind of life that you're going to be experiencing. So when you identify with something, regardless of what it is, you make what you identify with the same as you. You make you the same as what you identify with, whether you know it or not. That's the way that we work. Mm-hmm. We're peeling back some layers. When you observe something and you believe it to be true and accurate, and you consider it and observe it, and you create a bias for that thing, your ego is the believer part of you that's attaching the identity to whatever you're observing to become you. And it's the same as you. And so you observe it with a sense of self at all times. You can go to Antelope Flats in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and walk out into the field of flowers and observe it with a sense of self. That's why it has such a holistic effect on your well-being to forest bathe or to get away from the noise of the world and whatever it takes to do that. Because what you're observing creates a sense of self. And so it becomes part of your physical identity in a very uh, tangible, albeit uh, 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 a creative way. There's substance to your sense of self, substance to your physical identity. And so it's quantifiable to be able to prove that out in, in um, uh, quantum physics in that you become what you believe you will become. And so the, the uh, results of your, your belief system, it, becomes, it really becomes so, so important to the kind of life you want to live and understanding that. Look, being able to look at that in a very realistic way is the beginning of freedom from the things that you want to disassociate yourself with. In other words, it becomes its physical Al, it's physical in the sense that you literally project a vibrational attachment through egoic observation to what you are identifying with. And so we can begin to see how important it is not only to recognize the, the necessity of the ego. It's not, it's not that you need to be casting the ego down. And, but what it is is that you want to use the ego for progressing and advancing your mind, body, and soul toward perfected completion. And so hopefully we can kind of get into a little bit of that today on how you do that and to do it effectively in a way that it will uh, lead your life into the, uh, the best circumstances, the, into your genius of purpose. 
I want to better understand the role of the ego because I think when we first hear about it, you, you the the you know ego one hundred and one is sort of telling us this is a um, you know when you're in ego, you're you're always in pride or it's always a negative connotation, and so I'm having trouble bridging the gap. In, in my definition of the ego from really it being a problem to overcome to being something that we're supposed to have a healthy relationship with. And so I'm, I'm wondering what piece am I missing? You know, is the ego, are you able to, is it just about transcending it? Are you able to alter your ego to the point of utilizing it in a positive way? Because it's something that I feel like I'm always aware of. Oh, am I in ego? And if I am, that's bad. Yeah. And the question would be, are you in negative ego or are you in positive ego? Because without ego, we would be like a bug on a window. We'd be like just uh, nothing, uh, a life form without the power and authority of belief. One, mm. of the, one of the most basic levels of identification and this should help with understanding, is with things. My toy later becomes my car. My Barbie becomes my real baby. My dollhouse becomes my house, and so on and so on. I'm identifying with the toy or the smaller version or the imagination of the thing uh, before it becomes the real thing. And that is the proper use of uh, egoic imaginations, identifying with a thing. And that's just the most basic way that we use the ego to identify with something. And But the issue is, is, uh, is when a person tries to find themselves in things mm. and without a sense of higher self, without a sense of an authentic genius of purpose that you come into the natural with, that was created to be you, not like anyone else, but embracing the authenticity of the uniqueness of you. And uh, if if you don't have that sense, and in the attachment then to things, then you never quite make it, and you end up losing yourself in things, as most people do in this life. And so the pursuit is a, a never-ending pursuit until you get to the end of the most grand. Uh, representation of the toy, and then there's just an emptiness that overwhelms a person in, at the end of their life where they've just lost their self in a, a sense of identifying with things. And that's just a basic um, way of, of understanding the ego and, and how it works in our life. Um, I'm glad that you already brought up the higher self, because I think that's where I'm, I am getting tripped up in understanding the ego, because I always approached it as if the ego is the negative, higher self is the positive, and you want to lean into the positive, obviously, and have it more uh, strengthened than the negative, which is the ego. So how does, it, now that we know we have negative ego, positive ego, and higher self, how do those fit together? What does that look like for better understanding? Yeah, well, for example, when the fate, the fate of the ego, when it is not intentionally used as a tool for advancing your purpose, is it dissolves, it melts, it just disappears. That's the fate of it. It's a death. It mm. dies. And if you've identified with the, with the ego that has not been used intentionally as a tool, then you die with it, which is a meaningless end. Mm. And so the ego refines itself when the the one that's occupied by the ego, it you can take it and use it as a tool and refine it and place demands upon it to serve you and to actually get out front of the journey and to guide you and direct you. And so that's the two 
distinctions. Mm. One is, again, recognizing the ego as a tool, and the other one is just being controlled by it, which is a random act and leads to a destination of emptiness. Um, I hope this isn't too uh, micro of a request here early on in the podcast, but could you give me an example of what positive ego looks like? Um, Because I'm trying, I want to understand the difference between that and the highest self. I'm still not... I'm I'm not and and I and I hope I'm not the only one, but maybe I am. <laughs> Everyone listening. Oh, you are. No, you, you really are, Meg. <laughs> Meg and stay after class. Yes, Everyone else will, is I will getting see this. you this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, and I think it's because I've leaned into the concept of the highest self so hard. Um, now introducing a concept of a positive mm-hmm. ego, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, where, where does it fit? Where does it fit? So what what does that even mm-hmm. look like participating in that? Well, I think it's a great question, a valid question, because like we started the podcast today, Maggie, in, in notating that we do spend most of our time in these podcasts uh, speaking of ego in negative terms, because it's so important to see it, to to disassociate yourself from the ego and not to recognize it as it being you. We are not ego. Ego is a tool for belief. And until you can see it as being separate from you, then you're, you're uh, under the guidance of it and the uh, abuse of it. And you find yourself a victim in life to circumstances. And that is not the way it was ever intended to be. So we speak of ego in negative terms simply because left to itself, it produces far more harm than it ever does good. However, as a tool, and to your question, the ego will follow the dictates of your highest expectations. And so the way that we properly use it to begin to understand it is in whatever you identify with, that is the direction the ego will begin to explore Mm. with your permission. It's like sending it out as a scout into a forest that you've not traversed before, and wow. it's going to come back with information, and it's it's exploring, and it's a tool for adhering to and relying upon a new belief, a new exploration, wow. and, so, and by manifesting more of what you identify with, and it's, it's like we were talking, maybe it was a week ago, when you humble yourself enough away from the ego to begin to ask questions The question means you're ready to explore beyond what you know. And it's putting ego on notice. We're about to explore something new here, guy, big gal. (laughs) Hey, big guy. Hey, big guy. We're going somewhere (laughs) new, and I need you to scout for me. And so I'm going to attach myself to the exploration of ego in this new um, way that I want to uh, perceive the world around me. And so you being the one with the authority and the dominion over the ego, recognizing it as being something that's separate from you, you can imagine how your life should be. And the way that you imagine it to be and the way that you desire and gratefully begin to uh, send out the ego to begin manifesting this new reality is the ego then all, all it knows to do is to costume itself for the big show. You are the director, you're the producer, and you said, this, gosh darn it, is what we're going to be staging beginning this spring, and I'm ready to go where I've not gone before. And that's the purpose of the ego. Well, I have to say, this is fantastic news for me, because I always had this concept that 
I'm going to be dealing with and putting down the ego in a, in this very real way forever. Um, so it's it's very hopeful. It's very exciting the the concept of using your higher self to uh, mold the ego into a tool and for it to be helpful to us. Um, is the ego the arena for our emotions? Is that where emotions, feelings, the ups and downs, is that where that's concur- happening? The ego is the identifier with the belief. It is the, the, the masquerade. It is putting on the costume. The ego is, is the part of you that you identify with and that is forming and attracting the substance of belief that will change your circumstances. Everybody has an ego. But the ego is not supposed to have you, mm-hmm. but it will have you if you don't have it. In other words, it's going to control you and it's going to lead you down all kinds of paths until you recognize that, wait a minute, that's not who I am. I am the essence of being. I am separate from everything that's in the, the empirical world of forms around me. Mm-hmm. Now, recognizing that, I can pick and choose what I want to identify with. And so I'm going to only identify with things that promote life and happiness and joy and peace and prosperity and abundance. And if it doesn't fit into one of those, then my ego does not have my permission to identify with it. Mm. The discipline of a person who practices kinetic belief is to use the ego as a conscious guide for leading their journey. And that's... uh, Hopefully that answers your question. It does. And, um, you know, Al was was asking, I liked how the question was was put, you know, what does a healthy relationship with the ego look like? And I want are you are you telling us that by default, when we pursue highest self and we live from that place, that it automatically in sort of a trickle down way fixes and, and makes our perfects our relationship with with the positive ego? Yeah, we can find many examples of people using the ego as a tool to experience certain levels of achievement in their life. For example, more specifically, a successful bodybuilder might see themselves as Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so they go and they tear out all of the pictures from the magazines. They put them up in their workout room and and they imagine they they use the ego to to put their head on top of Arnold's body. <laughs> Now, and that's the only, yes. and the only place that's probably ever going to fit is in the ego. That's great. Uh, not in the, the reality of, of who they are because you're different. But what you do use that in the ego for is the inspiration to experience what it's like to, to build your body in the way of an Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though you're going to continually be Stephen Canyon. But that is, that is one way that is done. Uh, someone wanting to be a successful golfer might emulate a Tiger Woods and use the ego to identify with Tiger's ability to play golf and use that as motivation and inspiration to go out and swing a club a thousand times or whatever it takes in a day to improve their game. Uh, Entrepreneurs might uh, read all about Elon Musk and emulate Elon and, and try to, and they'll identify with some of the things that they hear that Elon is doing. And they'll use their ego then to begin attracting some of the same results that Elon's getting. And the, the danger there is to want to be Elon, because then uh, obviously uh, that leads to a lot of distress. And you're not supposed to be. 
and can never be someone else. So we take the best version of yourself, use these other people as inspiration to follow a path that you want the ego to go out before you and explore and go along for the journey and be the best version of yourself, living your best life, enjoying your genius of purpose in the way of an Elon Musk rather than the the specific identity of, of uh, portraying his character. Wow. Would it be correct to say that the highest self is something that we identify with, not something that we use to identify with? I don't know how to ask it. Um, I feel like you're telling us that that ego is the mechanism that we use to identify with highest self. That is correct, with our highest essence of being, which which always is immersed in the energetics of positive, this positive energetics. And for example, your genius of purpose may be more, far more inclined to follow after a Tiger Woods, for example, because it it entertains you more than being an entrepreneur would entertain you. And so by acknowledging that that's in your genius, then you're going to be your version of a Tiger Woods enjoying the experience playing golf at the best level that you could pursue uh, on your, uh, in, in this manner. Children, and, and you know, you're talking about your, the higher essence of your being and why, why it is so important to recognize, first of all, and fundamentally, the differences between something that's negative and something that's not, something that's positive, something that's negative. Obviously, uh, poverty is a negative. Sickness is negative. Um, lack uh, and, and uh, depression and anxiety and anger and fear and all of those things, those are negatives. And to recognize that, the question can quickly be answered, am I pursuing something that is going to be advancing my mind, advancing my body and my soul, or is this bad for me? And the reason this is so important, Meg, is chill, take children, a lot of children, for example, and they have parents that are, maybe they were good influences or parents that were bad influences. There are so many generational curses that are ancestral. And the ego, what it will do when it's not used as a tool, it will keep the negative experiences alive and pass the expectations on from one generation to the next. Wow. And so you have a child that becomes an adult, and they relive the same mistakes that the parents have made. And they see life through the same lens because their ego had identified with that as they were growing up, and they never got out of the, the habitual pattern of imitating those negative things. And so that's, that is, uh, again, another fundamental um, uh, representation of, of the ego and why it's so vitally important that we learn to separate ourselves from it and say, wait a minute, I can see you. I'm observing the ego that's telling me has this narrative, this uh, story that it keeps telling me, but that's not me. And like we've said before, just learn to smile at it. And you choose your story. You be the one with the authority that's journaling and blueprinting who you are. And the only person that you will accept um, your ego to uh, put on the wardrobe of and head out the door to manifest. Is the ego something that we're only using and we only need because we're in this realm, we're on this planet, we're experiencing, we're having this physical earthly experience as spiritual 
creatures. Um, I'm just wondering if it's only being utilized because of the physical experience and will it be left behind when we move on into the next phase? Again, a great question, Maggie. Um, the ego will always, it's, it's your personality. And it is imperative that we choose our best sense of self that we are working on while we're here in the land of the living and fashioning that in the image of our, the higher essence of our being, which is in alignment with creator, alignment with God, alignment with the expectations of our masterpiece to experience its best self. Mm. And so the, the part of you that is, that's not the correct way to say it. It's not part of you, but the, <laughs> the, the part of you that's tagging along Nell that represents negative energetics will not follow you. It will be left behind. The part of you that will follow is the positive. And so there's actually scripture in the Bible that says that it is possible for you to experience days of heaven on the earth. Well, what does that mean? It means that this is when you are aligning the ego with your higher sense of self, uh, transcending the negative ego to become awakened to all that is possible in as far as positive energetics are concerned. And it's through that alignment then that you are experiencing self through ego in alignment with oneness, with God, with all of life, with your vibrating on the highest possible frequency of life. And so this is possible, but it wow. requires the, the uh, mental effort to say, yes, no, I choose that, I don't choose that, and then exercise the authority. I almost feel like you're telling us that when we take the ego along with us, it's really going to be an unencumbered version, one that is not constantly having to fight off negative energetics because beyond this realm that that doesn't even exist. Is that accurate? That is because when you think about beyond a realm, uh, into the future in that sense of beyond or passing through this sense of life, you're talking about growth. You're talking about expansion. The universe is expanding, and in alignment with the universe that is expanding, then we, too, are expanding our territory. It's, we're, that is life. It's to bloom. It's to blossom, to become more. And so as we move on and grow to become more, then so does the what we are identifying with. And only positive energetics, positive ideas, uh, positive thoughts, life, uh, freedom, health, abundance, joy, which is strength, um, happiness, which is optimism. All of those are elements of life which are found within the modalities of a kinetic believer that's not double-minded by negative energetics, that's not confused by condemnation and validations that are inaccurate to try to convince you you're something that you're not. Freedom from all of that is an expression of life. And so as we continue through um, eternity, ex experiencing our awareness wow. and enjoying uh, becoming more, sounding the depths of the oracles of creation with our uh, sense of awareness, then all things negative are left behind. The key, though, and what this is, this is the disconnect from those that are living like they're dying mm -hmm. is that we now have the ability 
right now in this life to live it as though we've left all of the negative behind. Even though the world is saturated in it, it's still trying to figure itself out, its higher self out, as it should be. That's part of the evolutionary process of the soul. And even though all that's happening now, by transcending that lower sense of self, your eyes are opened and the veil is removed, and then you begin from this higher perspective of self, seeing life as it perhaps used to be, but it's not supposed to be, but then you can accept it for what it is. And it's through the acceptance of allowing other things to gestate, to become something more, that we become detached from it, no longer threatened by it, and living in the fullness of self and light and love. Wow, that's a powerful concept, this this idea and this knowledge that you've given us that we can live now as though we are already unencumbered, as though negative energetics don't even exist. And many times even knowing that that's a possibility is the beginning of experiencing it. And I, so I find that very, very powerful and very hopeful. Um, I do have another question here. So you, you, you mentioned that when we approach the ego, it's from an observational perspective. And I'm wondering, are you speaking to the ego? Do you say things to the ego? Are you having conversations with it? And if so, what does a positive, healthy one look like? Yeah, and that's actually very healthy when you can start like chuckling at the ego, smiling at it. Uh, you can have a conversation with it. You can tell it to leave and depart and say, I, I hear you and I don't believe you. <laughs> and I'm not going to pay attention to you. It's the same thing as disassociating yourself from people who want to define you as something that you're not. In other words, the ego sense of self-value is most often defined with the value that you perceive to have in the eyes of other people. And like I was saying, that's why it's so vital that we detach ourselves from the uh, growth process that other people are going through. Because if you don't do that, you continue to judge yourself by what you think other people are thinking about you and as they perceive you. And then that becomes your value that you're attaching yourself to with the ego. And then that is forming in uh, the life that you're attracting that you're going to be experiencing. Nothing, I have to say, experiential knowledge, nothing will get you in trouble faster than really pausing to consider what other people think about you. I mean, yes, the, that's right. The, it's the slipperiest slope <laughs> that what, I've ever experienced. What other people think about me is none of my business. Yes. And but, but this is the dis, the displacement of your original identity when you concern yourself with winning someone's approval or you concern yourself with their disapproval. It displaces your original identity when It's given over to the illusory of other people. So you need other people to validate your sense of self when you do that. And if you live in a culture, forget the uh, individual. If you live in a culture that measures self-worth with, say, how much money you make, or like a, a woman we met on the trail the other day, and There is an obvious sense of self-value based on whether or not you own a house or not, and if you are local to a community or not, or if you are an out-of-towner that's here in a place vacationing, then you have a different sense of value than, than she does. Or 
maybe it's what kind of car do you drive. If you have a measure of self-worth based on uh, if you are a member of a church or the country club, mm-hmm. or if you, if, if you cannot look through the collective delusion of identities like that, then you will be condemned to chasing after those things for the rest of your life, doing whatever you could possibly do, like um, Frazier and his brother, to get into the Golden Door Club. And if it takes the rest of your life, because you need a sense of value. And it's in the vain hope of finding your self-worth by advancing to the completion of your sense of self through those accumulations of the collective's definition of the perfect identity. You're really diving into sense of self and identity right now. And I'm wondering, does your identity dwell in your highest self or the ego or neither? Your identity, your identity, your sense of self, your sense of self, your sense of self is your authentic, original essence of being. Most people never, um, they, they never come into the place of intimate knowledge of who they really are. And this is why a lot of people are, are afraid of being by themselves. They don't know who they are. And you take someone who grows up in a, in a home and they turn 18 years old, they go, uh, maybe they go to college, maybe they don't, maybe they're 18 years old, they never go off to college and they get married when they're uh, 19 years old and they have three <laughs> kids, but they've never been by themselves and they've always been identifying with I'm, a, I'm, I'm uh, my parents' kid. I am my husband's wife. I am my children's mother. I am, and you fill in the blank. But now, wait a minute. You've identified with something else your entire life. Who are you outside of those identities? And so uh, it's vital that you uh, are able to disconnect yourself from those identities and get away by and this is this is something I always recommend. Take a week and go somewhere by yourself if you've never done it before and talk to no one while you're there. Don't turn on the television and don't read a book. Take long walks and and talk to your higher self outside of what everybody else has always told you are, whatever you believed you have been and come into an intimate contact with that essence of what makes you you. What did you used to dream about when you were a child? Your earliest memories. What makes what are you intrigued by? What what are you curious about? What do you what do you have passions for? What do you have empathy for? And ask be honest with those questions and find out who you are because it's and if you ask those questions, higher source is going to give you the answers. It's not it's not a one-sided conversation. Because it's within you. All wisdom, all infinite knowledge is already within you. And if you humble yourself enough to ask those honest questions, you are going to get to the core of who you are and your genius of purpose. And then, by rewilding yourself back to the very beginning of you, you can begin working yourself back out to advance your life into your purpose as the masterpiece that you were created to be. You know, this deep dive that you're taking us on today into the ego, understanding it, understanding highest self, positive ego, negative ego, um, it's giving me such a strong sense that we have these 
we have deeper evolutionary capabilities than maybe we realize. Recognizing the speed at which we can evolve, the speed at which we can unbecome and rewild ourselves, um, because knowledge is really an instantaneous responsibility in that direction. And so I'm finding myself thinking, wow, you know, the ego, again, it doesn't have to be a problem. It doesn't have to be a chronic problem. And not only that, but it can actually start to work for us as we understand it and we understand how to approach it and how to integrate it correctly into our lives. The ego is there to help you. It is your tool. It is the 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 part of you that is going to put a demand on the law of attraction, a demand on the universe to manifest exactly what you're looking for, exactly what you desire. It is the part of you that puts a demand on miracles showing up in your life. Mm-hmm. It's like having a team of horses out front, and uh, that's your ego. And you want to put reins on the team of horses. Most people go through life, however, without a rein, without reins on their ego. <laughs> and so you go running down the trail through the forest in any direction that the horses want to go, and they will go, mm-hmm. and they will run, and they don't stop. Wow. But they are there for you to control, and they will serve you every, for your entire life if you recognize the purpose of the ego and it will it will always back up your choices you have authority and you have dominion in the land of the living choose wisely by determining how you wish to see your the horses of your ego run. And let's work on some highest viewpoints yes. here. I hope we kind of answered your question today, this Al. Fun, and, yeah. and cheers to you, my friend, in New Zealand. Just say this out loud. And, and when you do this, recognize that what we are doing by affirming our highest expectations is these are uh, what we want to see come into our life. We are taking control over our attitudes, over our gratitude, and creating these mental pictures of our highest expectations for those manifestations in our lives. So just say this, say all experiences, all experiences are guideposts. They're guideposts for determining the choices. For determining the choices that I will make. That I will make for identifying. For identifying with my best life. With my best life. And I cast down fears. I cast down fears. And as I do. And as I do. I am strengthened. I am strengthened. And empowered. And empowered. To think positively. To think positively. I don't dwell on what I used to fear. I don't dwell on what I used to fear. Because I'm in control. Because I am in control. And I have the authority. And I have the authority. To choose what I will pursue. To choose what I will pursue. And I choose to pursue to practice the feeling of being happy. And I choose to pursue to practice the feeling of being happy. (laughs) And to practice it every day. (laughs) And to practice that every day. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. My comfort zone My comfort zone is my boldness. It's my boldness. My comfort zone My comfort zone is to be brave. Is to be brave. My comfort zone My comfort zone is to be the best possible version of me. Is to be the best possible version of me that I positively choose to be. That I positively choose to be. And all of my habits All of my habits are now chosen. They are now chosen by my best self. By my best self. And they are fearless. And they are fearless. And all of my habits and all of my habits are intentional they are intentional and those habits those habits which are mine which are mine are centered (laughs) are centered within my purpose of genius within my purpose of genius and i accept i accept and i love myself i love myself and i love my creator and i love my creator and i love all others and i love all others just as they are just as they are one more thing (laughs) 
<laughs> one more thing. It is fantastic. It's fantastic. To be alive. To be alive. What a fun podcast, deep diving into the ego and highest self. And thank you so much, Stephen, for illuminating new revelation knowledge for us. I can feel it. I can sense it. It's within me now. And if you want to check out the guided journal and all the other beautiful resources that Stephen has for you, you can go to stephencanyon.com. Make sure to follow him on Instagram as well at Stephen Canyon. Miss Maggie, thank you so much. This was a blast. As always, and uh, and all of us right now, the KB Collective, let's send out much light and much love to all the other KBs all around the world. Yes, and thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.